One of the most fascinating and rewarding studies is of past revivals in church history. The one that had the greatest global impact was the Azusa Street Revival of the early 1900s. Today you'll hear a message by Pastor Gord Clausen that highlights past revivals and what we can learn from them today. Stay with us to learn how you can be ready for a revival. Welcome to Lifeline Today. We're glad you're part of this program. We're going to be talking about revival, one of our favorite subjects, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, a lot of people, you know, in, in today, I think they're thinking, well, you know, they hear all about the big revivals of the past, and then they're wondering, how come, you know, where's revival today? Uh -huh. Well, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but first, I think uh, we're going to have uh, Pastor Gord Clausen, who's one of our, our executive pastor here, yeah. and... Uh, charge of our media department too and he did a message on this but uh, there's a reason why he did well he did dick you know he was given um really the honor of narrating that book called the god's generals yeah. and uh as he, well of course it was all about the past revivals and everything and as he did it he was just stirred in his heart about preparing God's people for revival. Yeah. And uh, when you asked him to preach, he knew exactly what he was to preach on. And his message is, are you ready for revival? It's a preparation uh, message because God's people, as well as a matter of fact, history tells us that most revivals, when they came, they were rejected by the traditional churches. Sure. And yeah. so we as Christians need to know what to expect when revival comes and how to move with it so we don't miss out on but one thing, God one has. One thing that is often said is, well, every revival has been distinct and unique. Mm -hmm. One thing they often hear said is that the coming revival will embrace all of them. Yes. And I'd like... I'm really looking forward to see how that looks. Yeah. So let's go into the worship hall. We're going to hear Pastor Gord Clausen talking about, are you ready for revival? Yeah. Kingston Tong said, church revival is different from church renewal, church evangelism, or ever-increasing church membership. Church revival is when the Holy Spirit convicts and causes the members of a church to repent of their callous, wayward, sinful lifestyle and begin to live the spirit-filled life. I love that quote, and I have no idea who this guy is. I have no idea, but I thought it was good. Here's another quote by Pastor Gord Clausen. I love this one. <laughs> Revival is an individual response to God, which in turn spreads to the church, which attracts the spiritually hungry and results in mass evangelism, church growth, discipleship, missions work, and societal change. Every true revival must be conceived in prayer. Must be conceived in prayer. Let's go to some scripture here. Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people, we know this one, which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, God saying this, and forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you believe that our land needs some healing today? Oh, I'll tell you, this country, this land, this North American church, we all need some healing today. 
Something powerful happens when there is a true burden to pray for revival in a church. Again, a tefillah. You know, I was talking about this on Wednesday, you know. We have to remove the weight of sin and take on the burden of prayer for revival. So many of the revivals in the past are because people, even maybe just a couple of people, you know, the Hebrides revival started with two little old ladies praying, 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 praying forever and ever and ever. And all of a sudden one day, boom, a huge revival where just people would step off the dock onto the island and they would just like fall at their feet. Seeking repentance from God. Charles and John Wesley in the 1700s were influenced by the Moravians of Herrenhut, Germany. And another, and another revivalist, George Whitfield, gave this account. And I'm going to write, read some things here from the God's Generals book that I have spent the last six weeks narrating. It was so powerful. So this is from the book. On New Year's Day, 1739, the Wesley brothers were joined by George Whitfield, who had recently returned from his ministry in Georgia, and 60 others for a, and they called it a love feast, okay? For a love feast like the one they had shared with the Moravian brethren. When the midnight hour struck, they prayed and worshipped. This continued on to the morning as they fervently sought God's will and direction. Then at approximately three o'clock, the power of God moved in an unusual way. Everyone present, everyone present fell down, crying, weeping with joy. Then they broke out with one voice. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge you to be the Lord. A renewed compassion enveloped them. As the love and mercy they felt for the lost compelled them afresh to lay down their lives for the sake of the gospel. Whitfield acknowledged the power manifested in this time, saying, It was the Pentecost season indeed. Sometimes whole nights were spent in prayer. Often we have been filled as with new wine, and often I have seen them overwhelmed with the divine presence. Powerful stuff from the 1700s. Number two. The second thing that we can experience in revival, every true revival will see intense conviction and repentance of sin. It can be a powerful time. John 16, 8 says, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I want to go back to uh, what happened at a revival in 1801. It was called the Cane Ridge Revival. First of all, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been in a real revival? See a few hands. I know Ed has. I've had many great conversations with Ed McIntyre about revival. See, but, but that's just a few of you. There's a lot of people, they don't even know what revival's like until you've been in one. You don't know the, 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 the wonderful love, the wonderful joy, the, the, the wonderful... Communion you have with Holy Spirit and with other people. But I want to read this. James uh, McGreedy, he was at the uh, camp meetings of the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky in 1801. He said this. On Monday, the power of God seemed to fill the congregation. The boldest, daring sinners in the country covered their faces and wept bitterly. After the congregation was dismissed, a large number of people stayed about the doors, unwilling to go away. Some of the ministers proposed to me to collect the people in the meeting house again and perform prayer with them. Accordingly, we went in and joined in prayer and exhortation. The mighty power of God came amongst us like a shower from the everlasting hills. God's people were quickened and comforted. Yea, some of them were filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
Sinners were powerfully alarmed, and some precious souls were brought to feel the pardoning love of Jesus. You cannot be where the Holy Spirit shows up and not sense a feel, uh, not sense the, the, the feeling, the weight of your sin, and the conviction of getting right with God. And it starts in the church. So number two, first is prayer. Number two is there is going to be a, a conviction of sin in everybody's part. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, when God shows up, you feel so unworthy. Be prepared for that. Be prepared for the Lord to make you go down on your knees and repent. For attitudes, for past things, for betrayals. Revival along with conviction brings a supernatural peace and feeling of the overwhelming love of God. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. You cannot have God show up in the presence of the Holy Spirit and not feel his wonderful love. How many of you are a witness to the love of God overwhelming you? Yeah, there are some people here. I remember when uh, Kim and I first came to Lethbridge, uh, we came from evangelical Mennonite churches, that sort of thing, and we came to a charismatic church. Oh, boy. But I remember that one Sunday evening, they called everybody to the front for prayer after the Sunday evening service, and Kim and I, we went forward simply because everybody else was. And it was at that time, and I believe it was March, wasn't it? March 1997, Dick and Joan came up to us because they were the pastors of the church at that time. And they said, what, would, what did you come forward for prayer for? And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> We just came up here because everybody else came up here. And so they said, well, just let us pray for you then. Okay. They didn't even touch us. They put out their hand towards us and started speaking a few words. And boom, we were down on the ground wondering what happened. Now, it's not the fact that we fell down. It's not the fact that we just went down on the ground and our eyes were closed and we couldn't move. And our eyelids were just fluttering behind our eyelids. Our eyes were just like fluttering like that. And we didn't know what was going on. The thing that really impressed us was there was this over sense, this overwhelming sense of the love of God. I said to Kim afterwards, I said, I, I, said, I felt like I was sitting on God's lap. And I said, I felt like it was his arm was like around me. And that for the first time in my life, I really sensed he knew who I was. He knew me personally. And when that happens in revival, when people have that sense that God knows them, he has a plan for their life, there's something about them that isn't just a religious exercise, but that God's going to get a hold of them and touch them with his most powerful love. Their life changes forever. That's why sometimes you hear stories about people talking about decades and decades ago, this happened and this happened. And you're wondering, why do they always talk about that? I'll tell you why. Because it was so powerful. It was so meaningful. And they can't live the rest of their life without that one definitive moment in their life changing what their future, what their destiny is. If you've ever had a word over your life, hang on to that. Hang on to that with both hands because, you know what, God is in a time, uh, he's in a time where there is no time. No time, no distance in the spiritual realm. Don't get hung up on the time. I'll tell you, in, in, the, in the kingdom of God, when he gives you a word 40 years ago, it's like it's today. And we are about to see these things come to pass. i got to read something else here. I think we have a little bit of time. I'm trying to really pare this down. Because there's so much on this whole subject. But I want to talk about Charles Finney. 
He was described as the father of modern-day revivalism, and he spoke this about the love of God. Charles Finney. As I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. Without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I have ever even heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a matter that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression, like a wave of electricity, going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can re recollect it distinctly, that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I should say, I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after another, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more, yet I had no fear of death. Wow. The unimaginable love of God. It happened to me one day, actually just a number of years ago. I came home and I wasn't even thinking about anything particularly. Just thank you Lord for this day and it's all great and everything. And I came home, I was home by myself. I walked in and as I'm walking past the dining room table, just this amazing invisible force of love pushed me to my knees. And I just, I was on my knees for 10 minutes just praising God. I was weeping, I was crying, I was thanking God. For, it was amazing, it was wonderful. After 10 minutes, it lifted. And I got up and I went on about my day. But for that 10 minutes, it was so glorious. Can you imagine a revival like that where it just continues on and on and on and on? It's powerful, a powerful time. The Father's love, once fully realized, changes hearts, families, relationships, churches, communities, and it attracts a hurting world that does not know what true love is. There are a lot of people out there, and you're seeing their definition of love, and it's not true love of God. And if they would feel the Father's love, it would change their whole paradigm. And it's about to happen. Help change the spiritual climate of Canada by becoming a monthly partner with Lifeline Today with Dick and Joan. All donors will receive this year's Lifeline Today Fridge Magnet, a reminder that you stand together with Dick and Joan for Canada. Pledge your support of $25 a month and receive our latest booklet entitled Your Lifeline Today, Scriptures for Your Every Need. In it, you'll find prayer strategies, scriptures, and testimonies to build your faith for healing, family salvation, finances, and more. Partner at $50 a month and also receive this leather-bound journal entitled Sacred Time, Sacred Place. This journal will bring greater intimacy to your daily time with the Lord. Lifeline Today has also commissioned this wooden plaque engraved with the priestly blessing found in number six. Carved into fine maple, this blessing will be a constant reminder to your family of God's protection and faithfulness. It's our thank you gift to you for your faith-filled partnership of $100 a month. Your tax-deductible donation will empower this ministry to release the prophetic voice of God across our nation. Call today and say yes to becoming a partner with Dick and Joan.
Psalm 138, verse 7 reads, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, Lord, will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. What kind of trouble are you facing? Is it sickness, family issues, financial loss? Whatever it is, run to Jesus. He will revive you. That word revive means to live again, restoration to well-being. Oh, bring all of your troubles to him. His right hand will save you. And call us here in the prayer center. There are intercessors standing by for you. You can give us a call or you can email prayercenter at dickandjoan.com. That's right. If you need revival, you can call <laughs> and have somebody agree and pray with you. Yes. And, you know, don't be disappointed if something doesn't happen at that moment. Because, Joan, I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was young, you know. And uh, I remember praying and praying. And after a few months, I was like, I was getting really discouraged, you yeah. know. And then somebody said, well, it's going to happen on your birthday. And it ha <laughs> my birthday came. And, you know, I was thinking, like, Lord, why, why hasn't it happened yet? And uh, And then... Just some time later, I was driving my car mm -hmm. and just thinking about the things of God and the power of God came upon me. Yep. And it was in January and it was in the middle of the cold as part of the winter. <laughs> I had to open the window of my car because I felt if I shouted the way I you know, was feeling, yep. the car would break the glass or something. So I had to open the window. I'd put my head out the window in the cold and shout and thunk, thought, okay, that lifted, but then it would come on me again. Yeah. And you just have these times when God will touch you, even when you don't even expect it. Dick, you know, the wonderful thing is that both of us were born again in revival. In, uh, we look back in the 60s and 70s, especially the charismatic revival and then the yeah. Jesus people movement. Yeah. We were saved in the charismatic revival, and, and what a privilege. At that time, we just thought that everything we were experiencing was, was normal. normal. We day. didn't know that this was an, an incredible move of God, earmarked by the presence of God and the love of God. And so many people worldwide, really, were just being swept into the kingdom at the time. What a privilege that was for us. Yeah, we just came, we went go to a little church just south of the Montana border. Yeah. And uh, this in Sunburst, Montana, and there were, uh, it wasn't that big a building, but people were just crammed in there. I know. And, the, and no air conditioning, none no. of that, and the Spirit of God would move. Uh, their services were never short. And people then, were healed. People were set free. Uh, people were delivered from demonic influences in their lives. Yeah. Dick, it was we just saw a wonderful. person with a back brace instantly healed the back instantly and yeah. throw the brace off and we're running around the building <laughs> uh you know well you would run if you get your heat back healed yeah. like that and uh it was after one of those services driving home and we had like an hour and a half drive home mm -hmm. and then then we were so supercharged we'd get praying and and worshiping god and yeah. even just waiting and this is yeah. in the wee hours of the morning I know. but it was one of those times where the uh the lord 
walked into the room. I had a visitation yeah. from the Lord. I, I was on the floor. I mean, I couldn't yeah. stand to save my life. My body turned to liquid is the way I felt. And the Lord's power and intensity was so strong, I couldn't even look at him. Mm. And all I remember is that his, I thought I was dying. Yeah. And I thought he was taking me and I thought this is glorious. But I didn't think my body would survive this. And, uh, and I just uh, was just in this. In, when people say they're going to ask the Lord a question in that, uh, let me just contradict you. You're not asking any questions. No. His, his glory is so overwhelming. But he did tell me then. He spoke to me. And Joan, this is relevant for this court. This, sure it is. is. He said, I would be a leader, not the only one, no. but a leader mm -hmm. in the greatest move of Holy Spirit the earth has ever witnessed. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the one we're on the verge of. We are on the cusp of that move of God, Dick. I really believe it. And it's going to be, like you said, it's going to encompass every revival that we've ever had and be greater that. than that. And I know that the... Um, charismatic renewal and the Jesus people uh, movement and everything they were such huge revivals many people thought that that at the time that this was the last move of God the last revival but now today looking back we know that that revival was a harvest of mm. mothers and fathers for this revival yeah. that's coming it, we should point out it coincided with uh, Jerusalem becoming part of the state of Israel. It sure did. And that was a very prophetic event. And corresponding to that was an outbreak of revival in a generation that had dropped out. I know. They were dropping acid and they were free love and morality had really, just gone to know, the wayside. Really, you looked at the world, it was a mess. It was a it terrible was mess. It was a mess. Yeah. But you know, Isaiah 59 says this, when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the yeah. Lord raises up a standard against him. And I believe that with the mess that the world's in right now, I believe that God is about to do the very same thing. He's uh, about to raise a standard against the enemy's tactics you know, and bring in a revival, a harvest of souls. Like Dick, many people are saying this, they're believing for the billion uh, soul souls. harvest. And I really believe that that's what God uh, is going to do. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Accurate. Uh, yeah. Let me just say that we should mention, you said at the beginning of the program, Azusa Street. Yes. The Azusa Street, there was a mission on Azusa Street. That's why it's called the Azusa Revival. And the Pentecostal movement came out of that revival One in 1906. And it, uh, some say it went as long as 1916. Yeah. Uh, but the first five years were the most intense. Yes. But think of this. Before technology, this revival went all around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, in just those few short years, including Canada. A yes. minister from the Upper Ottawa Valley yes. uh, felt a Baptist minister went on a train to Azusa, uh, got to the Azusa revival, went to a service, was filled with the Holy Spirit, hmm. and then the Lord told him, "You can't stay. Take it back to Ottawa." Yeah. And so he went back to the Ottawa Valley instantly. He didn't even stay at the revival. Yeah. And uh, then the first Pentecostal church was planted in the Upper Ottawa Valley, yeah. Kincardine. Uh, in uh, Ontario. And now they're all over Canada, all, but, over the, all around the world. But here's what happened in that revival, is that a prophecy came out of that revival. <laughs> was It said, in about a hundred years. Can I read it? Yeah, really you can quick. read it. Really quick. This was William Seymour, who was the head man of the... Yeah, the uh, a black man. And by the way, this was an interracial revival. It was. Was radical in that a time. A black man 
blind in one eye, very unusual type of person that God would choose, unassuming. He stood up in 1910 in one of their meetings and he took the box off his head, which was very interesting because I'll just talk about that in a minute. But he said he started prophesying and he said in about a hundred years there would be another revival like Azusa Street. Only this time it would not be in one place, it would be all over the world. There would be a return of the Shekinah glory and the miracles. This revival would not just be with one person or just pastors, but it would be with everybody in the body. This time, this revival will not end until the Lord returns. Yeah. That was a prophecy in 1910. So where are we today? We're past the 100 years. So we believe that this revival is so imminent. We're on the cusp of it right yeah. now. Well, and that's not the only prophecy. Yes. That there are others, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, there are others that have made the same yeah. kind of prophetic word, not at that time, but, but in, the, and I, de I, in the decades that followed. Just want to talk a little bit about why Gord uh, felt to, pray, uh, to preach on preparing the church for revival because in revivals a lot of times strange things happen now William Seymour who was the head man at the uh, Azusa Street revival he lived upstairs in, the, in an apartment above the church and then he would come down and he would put a box over his head and, he and during would, the worship no, during he, the worship he, the and service he would, would start and he would put the box on his and head and he would just sit and a lot of people asked him what are you doing with a box on your head and he would say well you know one thing I'm just waiting on God uh, and I'm humbling myself but he and said no distractions no distractions when he, when he took the box off his head the Shekinah glory moved in and the miracles began to happen. And Dick, they had unbelievable, creative miracles in that. In now, that, he, uh, he says in that, his account that he was told by the Lord to do this. Yes, he and was. And it was a humbling experience because it yeah. looked really silly. Yeah. And But what the record, records of the revival are when he took the box is because the Holy Spirit had begun to move. He sensed now is the time. Yeah. And then he said, then miracles would break out. A yeah. cloud that very often would looked like a literal cloud would descend from the ceiling and if as many times it hit the floor and they say when it hit the floor they lost all sense of time yeah and people would grow arms they would grow body eyes parts in eyes in their sockets uh, supernatural creative miracles yeah. would take place that was a distinct mark of that revival yeah. another and, another mark can I just share this really quickly was the music when uh, Seymour had the box on his head, he would take it off, and he had a friend, his name was Brother Symes, and he was a concert pianist. He would tell him, this is what the Lord says to sing, and they would begin to sing that song. Now, one account, this, this guy, Symes, he says that when he touched the piano, it was like a thousand pianos began to play. Isn't that something? And then they would sing in the spirit, and sing in the spirit, and people would be healed, and people would come to the Lord, they would, they would come from far and wide and be drawn to this place and get saved. Well, we only oh, have wow. a minute left. So let me just say that the impact of that revival was probably more profound than most revivals on the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to say that there's been some wonderful ones, the Wesleyan revivals, but that one had a mark that had a far impact. And yeah. what we are being told through these prophetic words to others is that all revivals are gonna converge yes. in the present one. But that one contained a special 
dispensation of God's glory, oh, creative wow. miracles, absolutely extraordinary mm -hmm. uh, things that took place. Of course, one of the uh, side effects was speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy yeah. Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit began to work. That yeah. is what we get to look forward to. Yes. I believe just Joan said, on the cusp, yes, yeah. we are. We and are. no, you won't miss it. God loves you. He wants you to be a part of it. Thank you for being a part of the program. Remember this, yes. we love you and appreciate yes, you, and we we'll do. see you again next time. Bye-bye. This program is supported by viewers like you, and we thank you for partnering with us. We want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests, praise reports, and comments about the program. To watch past episodes, learn about the ministry, or contact us, visit our website at dickandjoan.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Lifeline Today with Dick and Joan and on our YouTube channel, Dick and Joan TV.